welcome back to the podcast, the Tea Please podcast. It is a new month. It is May 1st recording this. It's going to be May 2nd by the time you listen to it. So that new month energy. May is a great month. It is the month of my first anniversary, so I'm excited for that. I honestly don't know if we're going to be doing anything because we are still so wrapped up in these home renovations and we're really like putting everything on pause until we can get it done, get renters into the basement. If you're new, I haven't posted much about it since I've come back to social, but we bought this house about a year ago and we've been fully renovating the basement unit and want to rent that out as soon as possible. But it has been a journey to get it to this point and we are in the home stretch. We have probably like three weeks left of work, so we're hoping to list it in the next week or so and then hopefully get someone in soon after that and we can kind of do all the final touch-ups but holy moly I will be so thrilled when we do not have this project anymore. (laughs) We got into this thinking that it would really help us be able to have more opportunities in Colorado. It's a really expensive place to live and so this is an investment property for us but it has not been without sacrifice, which is, you know, what they say about, you know, to get more, you have to make sacrifices. And it has just truly been a year of sacrifice for both of us in terms of time and money and effort and labor. It's just been an all-consuming project and definitely not a passion project for me per se. It's not really my thing to be doing construction I've gotten a little bit better with it now that we have like the big majority of things done and it's just like painting and caulking for me I've been doing so much caulking I keep joking that like the whole entire house is made of caulk at this point because I've just used tubes and tubes of the stuff even today while I sat down to record this my husband Taylor comes up and he says well, I really need to turn off the breakers or I need to make a lot of noise. Like those are my only two options to get work done right now. And obviously I'm recording, so I don't want either of those things to happen. Like I need power in order to record and then I can't have all this like crazy construction background noise. So we decided to cut the breaker and I'm just recording on my laptop. So I'm missing like my monitor that I usually use. So even today, It is a sacrifice. This dang house literally impacts like everything that we do day to day. But I am really excited for what it's going to mean for us to be done, to have a basement unit rented out and have that income. And then we can kind of take our time and we have more options in terms of what we want to do with the top. Because if you follow me on Instagram, I don't show that much because I'm like, I don't know, I'm not ready to like fully own our situation, but it's not, it's just like dated and it's old and it's grungy and it's a very uninspiring space to me and being like the feeler and whatever that I am, it's just, it crushes my soul or a piece of my soul to be living in such an uninspired space, but I also realize that I sound like a brat when I say that because I'm extremely privileged to be able to pursue this with my husband and have this opportunity to set a foundation for, you know, the life and the lifestyle that we want to live and what we're working towards. So I see both sides. I'm just complaining a little bit about it, but the end is in sight. And that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about today or how like this house is all wrapped up into what I wanted to start talking about today. 
and that is seasonal FOMO. You know, we talk about FOMO a lot. We know it exists, especially on social media when you're scrolling and you're seeing people at Coachella and at Stagecoach and they're in the Bahamas and they're on the beach and you're like in your sweats being a troll on your couch. And that's like one type of FOMO, right? But there's another type of FOMO that for me is the bigger challenge. I don't really get riled up or bothered by the events or vacations that I might be missing, but I do get some seasonal FOMO. And by that, I mean I get a little jealous of other people's seasons of life that they're in and wishing that I was there. So I think that this can apply to a lot of different seasons that you might be craving. It could be like you really want to be a mom and you want to have a baby, but you're not in the place to do that. And then you look on social media and you're like, babies galore because the algorithm loves big life announcements. That's why they're so in your face online because they get the most engagement. So the algorithm just keeps pushing them out. And then you just see all of these big life things and you're like, what the heck? I'm not there. I should be there. It just causes this discontent or it can cause a lot of discontent in my experience and I'm not saying that I'm like wanting to be a mom right now I mean I kind of do but that's not the one that really like gets to me it's seeing other people and how they spend their time and then looking at my time distribution and being like discontent with that And even that is an illusion, right? Like if I'm looking on social media for how people spend their time, like that's not a great indication of how people are actually spending their time. But it's a thing that social media does because our brains don't know or like they don't have the full picture. They don't have all of the context of what people are doing outside of this split second post. And that is something that really has been a struggle for me because I'm not super happy with how my time is distributed and I have not been super happy with it. Again, like being the feeler that I am, I just feel like everything that I do, I want it to be totally aligned and like searching for that like homeostasis equilibrium. I don't know the scientific word, but whatever word means that everything is just neutral and like positive and the struggle And the discipline is really, really challenging for me. Some people just love discipline. They love to challenge themselves in that way. They love to prove to themselves that they can do it. It feels empowering to them. And to me, discipline has always felt like a bunch of stuff that I don't feel like doing. And again, I realize that like that is a flaw of mine. I'm not saying that this is how I want to be. But it is a hurdle that I've had to face this year with this home renovation and having it not be my passion project, having it be this huge financial sacrifice and time sacrifice for myself and my husband. I mean, my husband has definitely done like 97% of the work, but as his wife and as someone who lives in this house and whatever, I'm, I'm very much financially tied to this project as well, which means I don't have as much money to spend on stuff that I want to. Uh, And that can be like frivolous stuff like clothes because I like to shop and it makes me happy. I can't do that right now. 
and I can't buy podcast ads, which is something that I was doing before and was really helping the growth of the podcast and I'm not able to do that right now. So I'm just having to sacrifice all of this stuff for like our greater future, which even as I'm saying it, I'm like, come on, Sarah, like you should be able to do that. But that's kind of the dangerous thought, right? Like I should be able to do that. It's just something that I'm working on. I recognize that this is something that my brain thinks and it's like my thought process, but um, also trying to be humble and always practice gratitude with the situation that we are in. And I can't wait to show you like the fruits of this project and really what it's going to be for us because I do think it's going to be a huge step forward in the life that we're trying to build together. So my point with this rant about my personal situation is that sometimes we get seasonal FOMO because this has been a long season for me. It's been about a year long. It's almost done, but we're still in it. And it's this whole season that I wish I could get to the other side of. And I see other people working towards other things and I I glamorize that a little bit in thinking like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that or I'm so far from what I want to be spending my time doing and it's hard to to just sit in that season that you don't want to be in, but it's not quite over yet. Maybe it's a job. You're really working towards a promotion or you're really working towards a career shift and you have to put in the time and effort and work before you get there. And that can be so frustrating, especially when we see other people maybe doing what we want to be doing. And then we like glamorize that because we're missing context and social media is not the whole picture. I don't have like five steps to overcoming this challenge. I think that there's a lot of lists out there for how we can fix our problems and not enough articles and headlines about the life experiences that are just normal to go through. And I think this is one of them. I think that the solution is that you got to get through it and you have to be patient and you have to realize that not every season is going to be rainbows and peaches and some seasons are about the discipline and the sacrifice and it's okay if you don't handle them perfectly perfect Um, but you do the best you can and they teach you and I think that's like the biggest thing that we can take away from a hard season is what did we actually learn through that and maybe it was really challenging and I'm not personally proud of how I've handled this last year but I did learn a lot about myself and I think that is the main takeaway that we're going to have hard seasons there's not you know a five-step plan or a 10-step plan on how you can get through it faster or manage it better I think that's like the wrong message that that's like clickbait stuff And it's all about the algorithms and now I'm going to go on a rant about like self-help content on the internet. There's just a lot of information out there that is feeding that fear in us as people that we want to fix. We want to get to the other side. We think that there's always something we can do to get out of these hard situations faster. And I don't believe that to be true. And that's kind of what I want you to take away with this is that if you're going through a hard season like it's okay that it's hard and it's okay that you're not perfectly handling it well and all we can do is really reflect on that time get some key takeaways from it and then when we get to the other side it's going to be chef's kiss okay 
I think I've ranted enough about that. Hopefully it was coherent enough that it made sense. But I've been making notes in my phone um, about stuff that I might want to talk about on the podcast. So I have a few notes that came out of this week and all of them are from things that I watched on TV. We started watching, I think it's called White Hot on Netflix about like the rise and fall of Abercrombie, which is just so relatable to the 90s kids out there because Abercrombie and Hollister truly were like the pinnacle of cool kids. And I had one Abercrombie shirt. It was like a green long sleeve v-neck. It didn't have the branding on it. It just had like an embroidered little logo on it. But I like every kid in the 90s was begging my mom to shop there and She hated going in those stores because the cologne and it was so dark and it was overpriced and all this stuff. So anyway, Taylor and I clicked on this documentary or whatever and started watching it and they said something and the marketer in me, I work full time in influencer marketing and I'm like, I really love marketing. I think it's the perfect combination of behavioral science almost like it's people's behavior combined with content and what they consume and how the two like go hand in hand. I think it's just so fascinating. But they made this comment on this documentary about how at the time, you know, social media wasn't really around and everybody was influenced by the ads and marketing of these companies. That was the only thing we had to go off of. We weren't seeing people share their lives on social media and giving different perspective that was unpaid. We were going to these media campaigns and brand campaigns to really see what we should be wearing, what we should be eating, how to live our lives. And I just was like, how scary is that when I was watching this documentary that the only perspective that we really had aside from the people in our like close circles were branded paid advertising campaigns. So I just went on a rant about how social media can give us, you know, that false perspective. But this made me kind of grateful for social media because it opened up so much more perspective. I mean, there are a lot of branded campaigns online. I mean, I help run them because I'm a coordinator for influencer marketing. But there's also a lot of organic content and just so many more perspectives. And that's really changed how we live and what our opinions are, and what we think is cool. And people think a lot of different things are cool because there's a lot more, there's just a lot more out there. We're not all looking at the Abercrombie campaigns thinking like, oh, I need to look like that, or that's the cool thing to do because growing up in the 90s, like, we were influenced by Abercrombie and Hollister. Like, we did think it was cool. I don't know really what my point is, but it was an interesting thought that I had when they made that comment about like branded campaigns and how that was like the only thing. Another thing that we've been watching this week is Married at First Sight. That show, it is something. This is the first season that I've ever watched, so I don't know how it normally goes or how many times like the couples are actually a good match and they want to stay married, but this season is turbulent. And something that I've noticed is happening, like I cannot stop myself from psychoanalyzing people on reality TV and that's what I'm doing with Married at First Sight. And something that I've noticed that women have started doing more often on TV is using like feminism to 
validate their perspective and not be open to any other perspective. And I have a lot of thoughts on this, so we'll see if I can get them out in a coherent manner. But what I mean by that is I see women on TV, reality TV. Again, like it's reality TV, so who really knows if it's what's real and what's not. But I see in these like arguments that they get in with their partner like oh you're talking over me like you're not respecting me like men should never treat a woman that way and they kind of hide behind this I hate throwing out the word like toxic but it whatever you might relate to it as toxic feminism almost where it's like I'm a woman you should never treat me that way because you're doing like a stereotypical male thing right now and I think that's just a really interesting phenomenon that's maybe happening more and more since the rise of feminism and the more conversations we have around like relationship dynamics and how like men have been known to do some of those things. But what I'm seeing is that like sometimes women hide behind that and they don't really take responsibility or ownership for what they are bringing to the table and like what they are contributing to whatever conflict is happening and really how they're not listening. Like it's it's almost like a wall to not take responsibility essentially. And the other interesting thought that I had around this was that I think maybe women do this because there has been a past where men have done this to them and they're trying to protect themselves and they're trying to stand up for themselves and it comes out in like an unhealed way is maybe the best way that I can say it. Like they're being triggered by whatever is coming up in this specific argument but then they're not really willing to like come down a level and try and hear the other person out. There's so many things like that's just my opinion on what I'm seeing in this Married at First Sight show but The other thing is that like, I don't know, I'm not surprised that there's those walls up because these people got married right away and then they have eight weeks to decide if they want to stay married or if they want to get divorced. And so I think in that environment, like, of course, you're going to be scared and you're not going to be as open with that person because why would you? You've only known them for like seven weeks. But overall, I do think it was an interesting observation that I I think is happening more in our culture because it's like this new framework of like how men have like had the stereotype of treating women and how women's rights, whatever, like that whole conversation. I think in some cases, it is almost like a cop out for women to hide behind and not take responsibility for their healing and their like effort in the relationship because you need both sides of a relationship. But I hope that's not like a, I hope you get where I'm coming from with that because I mean, I myself have had like relationships that did not treat me very well. And I've had to do a lot of work to not bring that into my marriage. And that's kind of my point. Like you have to take responsibility for your healing, which is like the worst because it happened to you. But um Yeah, it's just like an interesting thing in society that I think is happening more often. Let me know what you think. I'm curious if you agree with me or if you have another opinion or perspective on that because it's definitely like a complex issue and and topic that has a lot of feelings involved and I'm curious what you think. 
Okay, and then the last note that I have is turtle phase. This is also from Married at First Sight, but one of the girls, Katie, she, like, they were on a date, and they found a turtle in the road, and she wanted to go save it. And um, Taylor was saying, oh, when I was a kid, like, I had a bunch of box turtles, or I had a box turtle. And I was like, yeah, me too. I think, like, every kid went through a turtle phase. Like, I'm pretty sure every kid did go through a turtle phase. If you could find a turtle, you probably put it in a box or like carried it around for an entire day, tried to feed it, showed all your neighbors. Like that's what I was doing as a kid. We, I mean, we expanded well beyond turtles. We were catching snakes. We lived in New York, upstate New York for a little bit in the woods. And there was this like, we called it like the tadpole pond. Um, So we would go and catch like buckets and buckets of tadpoles and then we would save some and watch them grow into frogs. We would catch frogs. We were like all about the slimy wildlife and um, I, I think kids just go through that phase. But I don't know. Hopefully I'm not alone in that. All right, guys, I think that's it for this week's episode. I hope you have a great week and enjoy the the new weather and the blooms and the flowers and everything that comes with spring. And don't forget to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Episodes come out every Monday. And follow me on Instagram at the Tea Please Podcast. I share a lot of reels. I share a lot of little moments throughout my week. And I just love to connect with you all. It's one of my favorite things about life is to feel that connection. And um, yeah, let's let's do that and connect. You can also give us a five-star review. And by us, I mean me because I'm the only one on the podcast. But five-star reviews help me grow because I can't have podcast ads right now. And it would mean so much to me. So thanks, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs>